We are a mere 12 days away from Razorback football, and there's one particular player that needs to be counted on this year that wasn't really available last year. That is Jalen Catalan. What type of difference can he make coming off of that injury? We'll also get to more fall camp updates and a recap of the sports weekend here on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend as that was just, I guess, the second to last Saturday. You'll have to worry about not watching Razorback football. It's going to be here, and it's going to be obviously uh, so exciting to finally get to that point. And this week we'll have some fall camp updates, and next week it'll be game week, and we'll get into some preparation for that and start talking with some people that uh, know a little bit about Cincinnati and, and breaking that all down too. So uh, closer and closer we're getting, and the excitement and the hype is just increasing ever so much each and every day. And the thing is, is that there was not really any major developments in fall camp, at least that we heard of, from coaches. Now, I know that there are a few things we can talk about, and I still take the stance that anytime you don't have any major news in fall camp is usually a good sign, unless it's like the who the starting quarterback got named as. But in this case, you don't have to worry about it because it's KJ Jefferson and nobody else. He's nobody's even in the running. So if, if you're thinking about just all the things that have come out from fall camp, hasn't been really anything significant. But I think one thing that was really interesting from over this past weekend when we got to hear from Sam Pittman is speaking about Jalen Catalan. Now, it's amazing how with Catalan, people have just completely and totally said, the guy's going to be amazing, no drop-off, he's going to be back and better than ever, which I believe so too. Like I believe that's the case. I believe he's going to be uh, the player that we all know he's capable of being that All-American status player. But it's amazing how last year you had a defense that was really good. And now this year you have a defense that has a lot of question marks. But I still take the notion that I think you got better with your transfers that you brought in. I think you're going to be a lot more experienced with some of the guys after a year of development. You still got your great defensive coordinator. I think the D-line may even be better. Coaching wise, I think they have a better coach in place that'll be able to uh, at least develop them and hopefully they stay healthy as the season goes on. But really, the guy that maybe doesn't get talked about enough just because everyone's so completely and totally based on, hey, this guy's going to be great. We don't have to worry about him is Jalen Catalan. And he, he got to talk with the media and Sam Pittman got to speak with him. And there's also another video I want to play uh, that I thought was really fascinating. But Here's what Sam Pittman had to say about the camp that Jalen Catalan is having uh, so far this fall. It's been good. You know, uh, makes a lot of plays. I don't know, he looks fast. I guess maybe he always, always looked fast, but man, he's, he looks fast. Uh, Heiser seem to be in the right place all the time. Great leader, him and Blair. Blair too, Blair's had an outstanding camp. A lot of them have, but you know, Cat's like he never missed a beat. You know, he did miss seven games, I think, last year. He missed six, six and then the bowl game. Uh, but uh, he's very confident, leading us well, as well as Poole. And, you know, like I said before, we have three levels of leaders in there with Nichols, 
and then pool and then catalog and of course Blair as well. But um, anytime you have three levels and three three leaders on each level, you could pretty much have a pretty accountable defense and and uh, fly around the football, which we're doing. So here, uh, Sam Pittman talk about obviously fast him being fast and fast is where he needed to be after missing so many games pretty much half the season last year. And, and I've always made the argument, too, from last season that if you watch the games that Jalen was in, especially as they got to game three, four, and five, you could tell something was off. He wasn't playing to the level that we're used to seeing him play. There was times when he's A&M where he missed tackles. You're like, ah, that's, that's something wrong. So even though he didn't play in the final six, seven games, I still hold the belief that he still wasn't 100% healthy even but it's good to have him back and at full speed. of influences, and a lot of people can be inspired by that to be able to get to your level. Because when you're the leader, everybody wants to be on your level. And if you're at way up here at this level, people are going to try to get up there. And so there was a really cool, I thought a cool video that really portrayed this from Jalen Catalan. Actually, Hogs Plus put it out there uh, on social media, and it was him talking with KJ. And just, you know, giving him some leadership, which you're talking about a guy in KJ who is arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Uh, a lot of eyes are on him. People think that he might be the second best quarterback in the SEC. I'm one of them. Uh, has a lot of expectations on him. And, you know, the quarterback role is always going to be important. But you got Jalen Catalan, who's on the opposite side of the ball, both wearing number one, by the way, which I think is funny. But both on uh, got on the side of the ball, giving him advice and giving him leadership. And I thought this video was uh, was a really cool thing of showing the type of leadership that Jalen Catalan provides. Spotlight on you. Everybody's going to want to say, want to say, hey, where KJ at when the offense is down. So if you're the first person they're going to look at, it ain't going to be Hazelwood. It ain't going to be Rocket. Yeah. It's going to be you. Yeah. So you got to be the one to say, like, it's just not the standard. Like, anytime yeah. defense ain't playing, that's the one thing. I make sure every mind the standard of it, bro. Yeah. They're going to go as you go. Yeah. So make sure they stay on it. So in the quarterback room, get on it and say, hey, and point out your mistakes too. Say, yeah. hey, my mistakes weren't good either, brother, because the QB room, that shit was not the standard. If we want to be a great offense, bro, we got to do this shit. We got to lead. We got to be the ones that say, pick everybody up when shit going down south, bro. Yeah. That's how it's got to be. Yeah. So kind of a, a funnel ending there, but what, the, like just the Catalan side of things and, and how he's approaching it. First off, he's 100% right in what he's saying to KJ. Uh, I think that that's something that also resonates with KJ. Because like, look at the response there from KJ. That's that's the thing that I feel like stands out even more than what Jalen Catalan said. You have Jalen Catalan, a safety who was hurt last year, a guy that, uh, is obviously, uh, you know, an all-American caliber player, but he is going to QB1. He's going to the guy, the superstar of this team. He's going to him and saying, hey, this is how you need to handle this. If you're in the quarterback room, this is how you need to handle it. This is the standard that you need to have. Like, all of these things involved, this is how you need to do it. And to me, that was probably the most impressive thing is him telling him this and then KJ responding with, yeah, as in like he agrees. And yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's something I got to do. 
that told me everything I need to know about Jalen Catalan and the type of player he is, the type of leadership that he gives, and the great things to expect out of him this upcoming season. He has the respect of everybody in that locker room, and it's evident if he has the respect, that amount of respect, from QB1 KJ Jefferson. That's telling. And so when you add the leadership qualities from him into the physical attributes and the way that he plays, as well as the mental toughness that he's able to bring to the table, Jalen Catalan could be the difference this year between the defense being taking a step back from last season or taking a step forward this season. We talk about transfers all the time. I'm one of them. Like I talk about the transfers coming out. I talk about Drew Sanders. I talk about uh, Dwight McLaughlin. You know, I talk about those guys. I talk about uh, you know the defensive line and, and some of the transfers that they have there, and how important and vital they are going to be if this team wants to get better. because you know they're going to replace some really good guys. Like I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people that have been talking about transfers a lot. But the thing is, is that those transfers are pieces that you plug in. But the entire defense and the entire culture and the entire like feeling that you get from what the defense could be or should become comes from guys like Jalen Catalan. Comes from a guy that is obviously as good as there is in the country, a guy that could have moved on to go pro but decided to come back for another year, and a guy that is highly motivated this season to be a guy that can take those next steps forward. And so I've just been really impressed by watching these videos and hearing from Catalan and hearing from Pittman and, and seeing that uh, type of leadership really on display. Because if Arkansas is going to be great, they need to have more players like Jalen Catalan. And, you know, if he can just be, I mean, if he can just be that all-American caliber safety that he was last year, and be able to go out there and, you know, get big hits and stay in the game, stay in the game, no targeting, because that's always a big thing, stay in the game. If he's able to do those things, uh, I think that he, he's going to make other players around him better, which will make the defense better, which means he'll take those tremendous steps forward. So uh, really cool hearing from Jalen Catalan, and hopefully he has a big season this year because he's definitely one of those guys that deserves it. Uh, I got to tell you about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your uh, sports betting needs. And you can find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the number one online source for all of your sports wagering information. From live in game betting, sports podcasts, they have you covered. Head to betonline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today at betonline.net, where the game starts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so continuing on with our uh, Locked On Razorbacks podcast, and the fact is, is that we're at a point now where we are going to uh, start getting down to uh, the nitty-gritty of the comments and everybody made by coaches. Because I think that, again, knock on wood, that you've gone through pretty much uh, the fall camp without any sort of injuries or anything like that. I know Sam Pittman said that the offensive line had been kind of banged up, but it's given an opportunity for a lot of the younger guys to be able to you know, take some steps forward and get them to have some valuable uh, playing time and practice time and all those things too. So, uh, you know, you're, you've been pretty healthy. Uh, from this standpoint, but you know, I keep going back 
to this upcoming game against Cincinnati. And I keep thinking about, you know, the different scenarios and thinking about not just this game, but just all the games in general as far as wins and losses, how, you know, who will be favored, whatever. And then I started thinking about, I can't remember, and I don't think, and I'm sure that there's some historians out there that uh, can probably tell me otherwise, but I try to find in my research, and my research probably is not very good compared to others. But Arkansas is opening their season at home against a ranked opponent while Arkansas is also ranked. That's like never happened that I can remember. It, I know that USC came into Fayetteville ranked in 06 when Arkansas got their taints handed to them. But I don't think, well, Arkansas, no, I know for a fact, Arkansas was not ranked at that time. In fact, I think Arkansas was picked to finish like fifth or sixth in the SEC that year. Like they weren't, they weren't supposed to be as good as what they ended up being. So I know that that wasn't it. I know Arkansas opened the season at Auburn in 2014. I want to say Auburn was ranked for that, but Ar Arkansas wasn't. And that was a road game too. So I was just trying to think of games that like opened the season uh, against really good teams. And then 2020, you played Georgia at home, but I mean, you weren't ranked for that. And uh, that was COVID year and everything like that. But the point is, is that you don't very often open up a season, especially if you're Arkansas, against a quality opponent, much less a top 25 opponent, also while you're being in the top 25. And so this is going to be kind of a unique feeling. At least it's going to be unique for me. Because usually when you open up the season, it's against, I don't want to disrespect and say a bad opponent, but it's against somebody you should win pretty easily against. And so there's no pressure, you know, I mean, with Arkansas, let's be honest, the past uh, few years with Chad Morris and everything, there was always pressure because you didn't know who you were going to lose to or whatnot. I think he actually ended up beating Portland State by a touchdown. But hey, at least Chad Morris won both of his season openers. Good for him. Uh, but, you know, you, you, you just felt like there was never that added pressure of, okay, well, that's okay. You know, this is a game we can figure some things out and, you know, try to battle back and do all this. And then, you know, the next game or the game after that is really where we can start putting it all together. But you don't have that this year. Like, from the get-go, from the jump, you have to be going balls to the wall, full speed ahead, like no time. You have no time to figure things out. None. Because not only when you play Cincinnati, you got since you got South Carolina coming to town. You got an SEC, your first SEC opponent coming to town the very next Saturday. And then even the next week you play Missouri State at home. Bobby Petrino, but you still can't, you know, just view it as just a, an easy game. It may be easier, but I mean, you, you have no time to even think you have no time to even uh, build up to something. You got to be hitting the ground running as soon as the season starts. And the more I started thinking about that element of it, part of it excites me, but part of it scares me. The part that excites me is that you're going to be going up in a situation to where you're not going to overlook anybody like Arkansas and, and the team and the players, they're not going to be going into the Cincinnati game being like, ah, it's just Cincinnati. Ah, we got this. Ah, it's going to be an easy win. Ah, let's see if we can get the backup sometime. Like they are not going in that way. I think the best thing that could have happened for Arkansas is seeing that top 25 ranking for Cincinnati. Not to say that if they would have been not in the top 25, Arkansas wouldn't have taken it seriously, but Let's be honest, anytime, no matter if like 
you could have freaking Vanderbilt there, but if Vanderbilt has a top 25 ranking next to him, you're always going to take them a little bit more seriously. It's the same thing when it has to Cincinnati or anybody else. They got that little top 25 ranking. You're going to take it a little bit more seriously. You're, you're going to start, you know, really not looking at the name on the jersey, but the number next to the name on the jersey. But yeah, you get what I'm saying. And so I think that was the best thing that could have happened for Arkansas is Cincinnati getting a top 25 ranking. And so now when, you, when you're going into this season and you got to hit the ground running, again, kind of going back to the whole thing, why it excites me is that like you're going to like there's no easing into it. Like you have you're going to be motivated to go right then and there as well as Cincinnati. Like Cincinnati is going to have to be the same way. And so it's basically going to come down to how well did your fall camp go? How well did it go? Because for both teams, both have expectations. Cincinnati's coming off of a college football playoff experience. And their first, your first game is against a top 25 opponent, in this case, an SEC team uh, and on the road. Like, how well did your fall camp go? Because that is going to really determine how prepared you are for this game, is how well your fall camp went. So putting in that perspective, it it makes it mysterious, but it scares me if you're a Razorback fan, because then you start thinking about, well, what if they're not ready? What if, uh, what if they're, you know, this takes a little bit. What if this team is going to take a game or two to really start clicking and figuring it out? You know, last year when you had the game against, I guess, Rice is where you started the game. Then you had Texas the next week. You won that. And then you had Georgia Southern. And then you got into the, to the uh, SEC slate. That was a little easier, I think, than going with Cincinnati and then South Carolina and then playing uh, Missouri State. So you had a little bit of an easement into that. In fact, most people forget Arkansas was actually losing at halftime to Rice last year to start the year. So there, there could be that element to where if you're not where you're needing to be and supposed to be, even though you may be a better team than what you show or either the, even though you may be better off from what you're what you're getting at or whatever it may be because you weren't to that point early in the year you drop a game or two it, it it can really set a tone and really set a bad precedent for the rest of the season and so that part scares me but luckily i have faith in sam pittman and i have faith in this coaching staff and i have faith in this team especially the guys like the senior leaders like you heard from jalen catalan and the leadership that he's providing and, you know, the guys that I that were still around during those Chad Morris years, especially where they're they, I don't think there's ever going to be a time they take a game for granted. I'm talking about Bumper Pool, KJ Jefferson, Jalen Catalan, Trey Knox, like all those players that were around during that Chad Morris era, or at least for one year during that Chad Morris era. I don't think they're ever going to take a game for granted and never take it seriously and never be ready to go because that just seems like it's a, it's something that they are completely over and they're never going to let happen or let them overthink or overlook anybody. Never take a game for granted. So I have faith in that. It's a little scary. It'd be a little mysterious, but I have faith that they'll be able to get it done. And especially with the leadership and everything that they've built as well. We'll get to our final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, so you won't want to miss it, so stay tuned. You are Locked On Razorbacks, 
your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so uh, final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. So I, I know that we've uh, we talked a lot of football and fall camp and all that stuff, and I'm sure there'll be more stuff to talk about here this weekend too. But as you know, sometimes I like to use this final segment for uh, a little bit of uh, nonsense as we get to the end of it. But, um, you know, last night, and, I, and if you're not a Game of Thrones fan, that's fine. That's fine. Like, you can you can go ahead and turn off the podcast. You can, you know, yell at me and tell me I'm terrible and say, talk, you know, stick to sports, whatever. But I just wanted to bring this up because I thought it was something interesting. And I noticed that a lot of you Razorback fans were checking, checking it out well. But last night on HBO, they had uh, the House of Dragons. And uh, it was a kind of a, a Game of Thrones prequel, spinoff, whatever you want to call it. And I watched it. And I really liked it, like the first episode. I was like, this kind of has a really good feel to it, like a really good Game of Thrones feeling to it. And it feels like, you know, it, it's what it should be or what I was hoping for and what I was expecting, like all of those things. I, I really enjoyed that part of it. And I, I guess I, it may, I don't want to specifically dive into like the reviews or anything like that, but it was something to where I'm like, you know, I love movies. I love shows. I, I love that type of media format. But so many times, like people just get it wrong these days. Like amount of reboots and like sequels that don't need sequels, and then like everybody just always going with member berries and nostalgia and, and just you know doing that for cheap money really sucks. And and so the reason why I even wanted to bring this up is because I wanted to show my appreciation. Anytime somebody in media is able to put forth a good product that's not a reboot or whatever, or even if it's a spinoff or a sequel or whatever, if it's unique in its own way to where it's not cheap, it's not made with just the, the lowest of um, you know expectations and then put a lot of heart and soul into it, they just put it into whatever could make the most money. And so I always appreciate that when it comes to uh, – the formats of of movies and of shows and everything like that, and so I'm just I'm just happy that that's the case. I can and I thought it was really good last night. So for those of you who uh, you know were Game of Thrones fans, obviously we all hated the last season and it was how horrible. It almost pretty much actually I don't think it almost it ruined a show for a lot of people. Um, give this new one a try. I really liked it and I thought that it would be really good. And um, you know maybe that's something that if it ends up being like epic. You can always recap it and talk about it a little bit more too. So I just want to give a shout out to that uh, as far as the the show goes. And he said I thought it was thought it was really good. I thought it, they did a really good job of it, and uh, can't wait to see uh, the direction that it ended up goes going at well as at, going as well. So, but either way, uh, also a shout out to Eric Musselman. I thought this was so funny too. If you haven't seen the tweet, uh, it, it's a great one. Uh, of course, you know Eric Musselman always puts out these little like DJ videos of him and he's got the two guys in the background they're all just dancing and everything well this time he did it again he's doing it numerous times with different people this time he did it again because it's the first day of school for the u of a and it's him dancing and everything and doing the dj with nick smith and anthony black behind him and they're all dressed like you know nerdy school kids because it's the first day of school and they're all dancing i'm just sitting there i'm like this man this guy and, and honestly i hope it's their last day of last first day of school i really hope they do or that it is because that means that they're going to go on the NBA. But I just see those videos. I'm like, please never stop. Pay this man whatever he wants. 
keep him as much as possible because he is so great. And football's here, but can't really wait for basketball season either. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.